Welcome to Chat with Sunlight, a homeschool podcast. I invite you to grab your coffee or tea and take a few moments to join us as we explore Sunlight, the curriculum, those who work behind the scenes, and the families that use it. So join us today. Hi, welcome to Chat with Sunlight. Today, we are with Sunny Rayburn. You guys recognize her. She is Sunny from Sunlight. But what you may not know is that Sunny also is an RV homeschooling mama. So Sunny, this is a new endeavor. Let's talk about RVing and homeschooling. Yeah, so it was something we actually purchased our RV for vacations and long weekends back during the pandemic. We were those people who decided that, you know, we didn't want to be stuck at home. And, you know, we our home state is Colorado. So we were like, it's a beautiful place to travel in an RV. So that was our original plan was just let's go on long vacations or longer weekends in our RV. And then we realized that my husband's job had gone remote in that same time period. I worked fully remote. Our kids are homeschooled. We thought, what? why are we staying at home? There's there's nothing keeping us at home necessarily. And so we decided to take a trial year and see if we liked full-time travel. So we rented out our house. We sold my car and hit the road in the RV. And we've been making it work now as our home and just took our life with us on the road. So Sunny, I know there's going to be all sorts of questions. Like first, where all have you been? Two, how does that work with schooling? Because I know we've waited to have this conversation till you've actually started schooling. So yes. let's start with where have you been? <laughs> so we've been all over. We uh, left and went north. Our goal was to try to stay where it was warm, but we did leave a little early in the season. So we still encountered some snow in Utah and Wyoming. But by the time we got to Montana, it was warm. We've done a big loop kind of on the western part of the United States, Montana, Washington, Oregon, California. And our goal will be to stay in warm places through the winter before we eventually come home. But we're, we're kind of debating on the route at this point. The nice thing is we only book about a month ahead. So if we decide we want to do Texas, Oklahoma, Kansas back, we can. If we want to just do Arizona, New Mexico back, we can. But our goal is to hit up all the states in the west at least in this year. So people hear about snowbirds, you guys are like migrating snowbirds. Yes. <laughs> we move where it's the weather is as nice as it can be in that area. That's been our, our goal and our hope. Um, so of course, being in Washington, northern Washington in the summer, summertime, so that we could get their best weather. Um, but yeah, but we've tried to stay where the, the weather is the nicest at any given time. And then we've just continued school with our normal schedule. So we had, you know, maybe two or three weeks at the end of our school year last year when we first hit the road. And then now we're back into school for the fall. And so it's, it's been fun to actually go the places that the kids have learned about and see them and experience things unlike where we've ever been before. That would be the most exciting part, I think, as a kid, getting to put places, like putting it into action of what they have read about and seen. So one of the big you hear sunlight moms or people who do not use sunlight that look at all our books and they're like, oh, that's so many books. What would you do with all those books? How do you handle all those books inside your RV? Yeah, so we have big, clear totes with locking lids. This is actually an idea that I got from some of the other sunlight mentors who talked about storing books away like that. And so we 
put the locking lids on there. We bought silica packets in bulk from Amazon to keep them nice and dry. And then we store them under our sofa and under we have, it's like a restaurant booth dinette kitchen table and we store stuff under there as well. So I've been able to fit levels 200, the last half of D that my son is finishing this year and the first half of E all underneath where we sit. So I'm only pulling out, you know, maybe three weeks worth of books at a time. Um, and putting those on a shelf in the pantry just so that they're easier to access, but then everything else lives under our seats. And so every few weeks we'll pull out the new books and then, you know, the ones we're done with stick back in those totes until we get home again. I laugh at you. They're in the pantry and I'm like, even in an RV, we migrate to that kitchen. And yes. we are. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's funny because we do have a, a pantry in the kitchen, which is great, but only two shelves are for food. One is for kitchen appliances, what is for cleaning supplies, what is for school. So we've definitely used it for a bunch of different things to make sure we have room for everything we need. So what has been one of the favorite parts of the kids that they've enjoyed with this adventure? Oh, wow. So our son loves being outside. That is one of his favorite things. And so he has just every day, it's, you know, trying to keep him in the camper to finish his school before he goes out to ride his bike. He's met so many kids in the campgrounds. Um, he's nine, and that seems to be the perfect camping age. There's a ton of kids in that age range. And so for him, it's been just getting outside, running around, getting dirty. You know, we have to tell him every day, oh, go hop in the shower because he's covered head to toe in dirt. <laughs> but he's loving just being a boy, being outside. And then for our daughter, it's been the cities that she likes. So when we did Seattle, um, she is definitely not a hiker, outdoor nature girl. And um, so when we were in Seattle, that's probably been her favorite so far because we did urban hiking and walked around the city. She walked just as far as, as she has when we've taken her hiking, but it, that was way more fun for her. And she loved the Space Needle, the design. And the, there's like a little museum before you go to the top that explains how they built it. And she found that really fascinating. Well, that's fun. I know that was one of the, I did a little research before having you on. And one of the comments was, you have to worry about socialization, you know, the S word. <laughs> when it comes to homeschooling and you've already answered, I'm like, the kids are already going out and making probably maybe even more than if they were at home in their own little environment, because it's oh, all sure. new and everybody's all new. Too. And all the kids around them that we meet are also homeschooled. So it, it's fun. It's almost like that co-op experience of being with other homeschooled kids, except they're all traveling kids. Right. Our daughter's taking an online theater class with other full-time traveling teenagers and so she's still getting to do the things she loves but but yeah it's with other homeschooled kids in a way that you know when we're at home all the kids that live around us for the most part go to school so they're gone all day and our kids only get to hang out with them during school breaks and things like that so it really is fun for them to you know interact with other kids that are more like them and living a similar experience like them so, all right, so let's go back because we, we really want to know what is it like. So you work, you live in the RV, you work in the <laughs> RV, and now you're doing school in the RV. What does that look like on a just, we sit at the table or, you know, you hang from the bunk beds. What does that look <laughs> like? Yeah, so that was probably the hardest thing to get used to is that we have a door that closes off the master bedroom and the bathroom and then everything else is open. The kids loft and bunk spaces are covered with a curtain, but of course, 
you can hear through everything. Um, and so we had to get used to how do we all work and live in one room? Because in our house, we were used to all four of us being there. But my husband and I worked in different parts of the house. The kids would often do school in a different part of the house. And so you could see behind me this part that sticks out in the slide. That's where our table is. And my husband and I set up on opposite sides of the kitchen table. And we work there together. And we always have to say, hey, what time are your meetings tomorrow? Oh, here's when mine are to make sure that we're not scheduling things at the same time. Um, it was nice that I came outside because he's actually doing a meeting inside right now. But sometimes when I'm inside, I have to kick the whole family outside because um, I noticed yesterday I was recording and just them walking in the camper, my computer was vibrating a little bit. And so I was like, you have to sit down or go outside. You cannot move while this is happening. Um, but our kids are pretty used to us working during the day. And then we homeschool in the afternoon and evening. That's the way we've done it in our house. So they do their independent work in the morning or our daughter likes to do it late at night after everybody goes to bed. She sits in her bed and works on math or writing papers or whatever she's doing. Um, and then once we get done working at the end of the day, then that's when I grab whoever happens to be close. And I'm like, okay, bring me your IG. Let's grab your books. Okay, now we're going to get started. So yeah, it's kind of the same same life that we had before. It's just been a little more getting used to all sharing one bathroom and all being essentially in one room all the time, unless we're outside. Because That would be hard. I, I know that was probably your biggest adjustment being shared space all the time. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Especially for our oldest. She's at that age where she likes being left alone and doesn't want her parents and her brother around all the time. And so it, it took a few weeks before she was fully on board with, okay, I can do this for a year. <laughs> so when you guys are traveling and I know you, you're living a month in advance, you know, doing your scheduling, mm -hmm. how often do you think on average, how long do you stay in a campground area? So usually we've done like two to three weeks in one campground um, and we've done anywhere from like two weeks in a state to six weeks in a state, um, depending on the weather, what all we wanted to do there, you know, all of that. Of course, now we'll probably be in our current state for a few months um, as things start to cool off and we're working our way south. So, yeah, we just kind of look at what's the weather doing? You know, what's the area like? What all do we want to see? Like, I know we were in Oregon about six weeks, but we moved three or four times within that span because we wanted to see different parts of the state. So it's more based on what we want to see and do. Um, but we do need at least one week in each place because we're only moving on Saturday or Sunday. So we do stay at least a week everywhere we go and then work Monday through Friday. Because you work. Exactly. You <laughs> yeah. If we were not working or if we had, you know, flexible hours in that we could work just whenever we wanted, we may or may not do that. Um, but it has worked out well traveling, you know, on the weekends and then the campgrounds oftentimes are not as crowded during the week because you don't have the vacation weekend travelers during the week. It is the full timers. So it's it's been really peaceful. And like the campsite we're in now, there's not a lot of activity around us. So it's good for working during the week. So we also want to know technology. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm thinking through it as a mom and I was thinking through my kids and the traveling. Has it been hard to stay connected via internet? Do you have to buy special packages? that kind of thing. So an inquiring mind. 
Yeah. <laughs> so we do have a hotspot that gives us better internet than what we have on our phones. Um, and so we do keep that with us. But, you know, if you get into a very rural area, your hotspot's not going to work very well. Um, so we have now, we had that experience when we first came to the Redwoods area, we found a beautiful campsite on a river and it was, I mean, gorgeous. I was like, Ooh, I could stay here for a long time, but we only had two bars of roaming and that was not going to work. <laughs> we, were, we knew we would not be able to work. We could not even, you know, text message people without downloading our texts and like all the different things. So we had to move. Um, so now we do check the internet speeds when we get to a new area just to see, you know, are our phones working okay? But we do have a an external hotspot, our phones, and then uh, campgrounds, most of them do have Wi-Fi, but it's not great. But we have not gone the Skylink route, which a lot of our viewers will be familiar with, which is like your own satellite right. antenna system, um, because we are staying in somewhat populated areas. If we were going to be out in the wilderness, then we would do that. But you know, because of all the things we want to see and do, we like having easy access to groceries and things like that, you know, because we are taking life on the road. It's a little different than when we used to just vacation two weeks out to the wilderness or up in the mountains somewhere. Um, so for us, we haven't needed that on top of it, but we do have one TV. We have our work devices and, and that's it. So it is a little bit more sharing, you know, more family movie nights. You, nobody can go off to another room and watch what they want to by themselves. Um, and yeah, yeah the kids, they, we don't do a ton of screen time with our kids anyway, but they've, of course, had even less of that because Brandon and I are hogging the devices when we're working during the day. <laughs> so, <laughs> All right. And one other like inquiring question I can think of moms and dads that are listening to this or watching this, they're going, oh, I would like to do this. But and let's say I did rent out my house, which might cover mortgage or whatever. Is it? more expensive do you think to be living in the rv or maybe is it less expensive so for us it's less um but that's going to depend on where you're traveling um you know different states have much higher campground fees than others so depending on where you are that could be a part of it um also we live in an area we're in the denver metro where rents are high so the people renting our house are actually making us money that, you know, we did not have before. So we have a new stream of income uh, that we didn't have before. But then our living expenses have been significantly less. And I think some of that is because we're, we have to be better about meal planning because we have a smaller kitchen, a smaller fridge. Um, so we're not as likely to say, oh, let's go, you know, out to eat tonight. We don't feel like cooking um, because we've really carefully crafted this meal plan. We also right. don't know where the best restaurants in town are a lot of the places we go. So we're saving money on food expenses. And then I jokingly say, but it's really true, is Amazon packages. When your address moves every two weeks, it's not convenient to get things shipped to your door. So I find I'm buying a lot less. I'm not a big shopper, but I love to, oh, we need toilet paper, drop it in the Amazon cart. Oh, we're out of toothpaste, you know, all of those types of things that I can't just buy easily because our address moves so much. So for us at this point, it has been less, but I've heard some people kind of break even. For some, it's more expensive. We did already have the truck in the RV. So of course, that's another expense that if you don't already have that, you're going to take on. But but we were fortunate in that we were able to rent out our house. We did not have to sell 
the house to get into the RV, which is what some people do. Um, so for us, it is definitely less than being at home, but we're actually planning to do that. We we started our own YouTube channel when we started traveling and we are planning to do kind of a budget episode explaining the different expenses that we've encountered, um, but it will vary depending on what part of the country you're in and, and what you were starting out with. Well, I'm glad you mentioned your YouTube channel. I know that I watch it. Um, you and I do things all the time. Um, me on the podcast, you with, you know, all sunlight videos. So you and I are kind of familiar with just being on the camera. How are the kids yeah. and Brandon liking being on video? Yeah. So it's been a fun, it, it's funny. We have to always remind the kids not to, you know, pose at the end of what they're doing. You know, they kind of forget that the, you know, or we're like, forget that the camera's there. We're just trying to shoot what's going on. Um, but they've had so much fun with it. And, you know, they, both of them are growing up in that age where they watch YouTubers they like. So the fact that they get to be on YouTube has been super fun for them. Right. Uh, Brandon has taken on the filming and and most of our editing because I told him, I said, I don't want to feel like I'm working 24 seven. Because as you mentioned, I do the videos for sunlight and I do social media for sunlight. And so I did not want to feel like I was working around the clock. Um, so he has taken on a lot of that, but it's been a fun creative outlet for him. And I like it because we have years and years of videos that we never did anything with, but having our own YouTube channel kind of keeps us motivated to, okay, let's edit, let's put out a video. So now we have those videos done. It's not just a bunch of raw footage, which is what we have from years of videoing what we did as a family, but now we're a little more motivated to, okay, well, let's, we've got to put it on YouTube every week. So let's do something with this footage and not just fill up memory cards. And it's been really fun to, you know, revisit those memories because we are running everything on the channel a couple months behind when right. we were in those places. So it's really fun to, you know, relive those memories again or see the footage that we captured and Brandon's learned a ton. He did not have a background in any of this. And, you know, we've already changed out our camera three times and he's learned about lighting and he he just loves it. It's been a, a super fun outlet for him. And then I'm getting the videos that have all of our family memories on them. So for me, that part is fun. And our parents, you know, are both of our moms are, yeah, religious viewers of the channel. They watch as soon as a video comes out. And so I think it's been fun for them to kind of follow us on our journey you know, because your mom, as a mom, you want to know what your kids are up to and, and they get to see it. So that's been really fun too. That would be a lot of fun for, I know my mom would be watching every video that yeah. I did. And, <laughs> you said, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And that's, yeah, my mom, I, I told her one time because we were traveling and we had not pre-scheduled our video. And I said, hey, the video is going to come out late. I knew you would worry if it didn't come out on time. And she's like, yes, I would have been calling and texting you thinking something could happen. I was like, we're just traveling. We didn't pre-schedule it. It's fine. <laughs> well, and the fact that it's, it is a month or so behind too, even though she, yeah, you're like, it's even a video of the past. It's not. Yeah. <laughs> not right now, except last week we did do one about starting the homeschool year. Cause that was something that I wanted to kind of show as since we started full-time RVing, I've joined a lot of groups where it's full-time RVers or people that want to be full-time RVers. And a lot of them say, what do I do about my kid's school? And so I thought, okay, well, let's do a homeschool video that's a little different than our travel videos. So last week we did do one that was a real-time video, but yes, most of our 
travel stuff. We've already been there and done that by the time it goes. And I, I'll try to grab that link and stick it in our notes so that people can see. Yeah. So time. people can, can watch it and, and yeah. And if they want to see, you know, more the, the unfiltered real life <laughs> experience, you know, cause I know when we're doing stuff for sunlight, we're nice and polished and ready to go. But if you want to see what I actually look like when I'm hiking up a waterfall or what, how the kids really like different things. Yeah. They can yeah. see that on our channel. It's life lived now. Life so, lived now. That's right. Yeah. So do you, one other question just about homeschooling, mm-hmm. you are a Colorado resident and mm-hmm. you're homeschooling by traveling around to different States. Do you have to like look up any things that are required legally for homeschooling? So fortunately we've moved fast enough or we've been in a place in the summer that we have been able to stick with the Colorado laws. Um, So I know I spoke to, well, actually Amy Buckmeyer, who you spoke with from HSLDA about a year ago um, and asked her about that. If you're traveling, what do you have to do? And she said, realistically, within about 30 days, if you're going to stay in a state, you should be looking at their homeschool laws and making sure you're abiding by them. Um, But the only time we've stayed in a state longer than a month was in the summertime. So at this point, we are still sticking with the Colorado laws. But yeah, I am kind of keeping an eye on things and, and researching because if we do end up staying someplace for, you know, six months, then we would have to potentially transition all of our records under their state laws. So yeah, hopefully I can avoid that just because I'm very familiar with Colorado now. But you know, homeschool moms, we know how to research, we know how to figure out all that stuff. Also keeping a transcript for the first time now that our oldest is in high school. So yeah, I've got all all my records probably better than I've ever had them because of that too. So hopefully we'll we'll figure it out. And it's good that you like to keep records and keep your list and all the things. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I've got spreadsheets on spreadsheets. I'm not a paper planner, as you know, Jana, but I have all my spreadsheets and formulas built in to figure out grades. I probably have the most rigid grade book, you know, possible that I created for myself just because I like that. <laughs> so. I might have to shoot you a copy of my transcripts. Oh, there we go. Yeah. <laughs> Has the weighted scale and all that already. Oh, nice. Into it. So, yeah, that's, that's what I'm going to want. So. <laughs> so is there anything as a brand new RV, if you knew a family thinking of RVing, um, let's say they already have their RV and they want to homeschool. Um, is there any advice just to get them out the door that you would like to give them? So I would say that it's a lot easier than you think it's going to be. Um, I think that's the case anytime you homeschool, right? Everybody is always overwhelmed. And then when they start, they're like, oh, okay, it's not that bad. You mm-hmm. you learn the baby steps. Um, like we talked about, figure out the state laws where you are. Uh, something that I became more aware of is that there's a lot of stationary RVers too, which is something that I really did not realize until we started traveling. So if you're stationary, it's going to look different than if you're traveling. But either way, figure out what your state laws are and then choose your curriculum. You know, there's all different options. But for us, we found sunlight and the literature-based approach still works great in an RV. You can take books in the car with you. Mm -hmm. On our drive days, of course, we have a trailer and truck option. So we're in the truck when we're traveling. So the kids just grab their sunlight tote with their books and a notebook and a clipboard, and then they're set and they can do their school anywhere. Um, So finding those easy, you know, small space storage options. But for us, sunlight has gone just as smoothly in the RV as it did in our house. 
But now we actually get to go all the different places. Like we have our 50 states unit study with us and we read about all the different states as we travel through them. And so it's been really cool for the kids to, oh, this actually happened here, you know, or learn the history. Um, they both did American history last year and now our son is finishing up American history. So all of the Oregon Trail stuff and all of that was, you know, and I'm a 90s kid. I love all things Oregon Trail. So it, for me, it's it's been so fun to actually no dysentery. Go see those places. Yeah, no, nobody died of dysentery. We got to see the Willamette River and I realized I had been mispronouncing it my entire life. I always thought it was the Willamette. And then I got out here and the Oregon natives told me it's the Willamette. So even I'm learning new things (laughs) everywhere we go. So do you, one more question as you were talking and I realized as a homeschool mom, and a lot of times we get distracted with all the things of home and what's going on, you know, church activities and this activity is it maybe even easier to homeschool in the RV than it is having been in your own home? Because yes. (laughs) So, and I love that you mentioned that because we, people are asking, what are you doing for church? We are watching our church online. Now we are hoping once we stay in an area a little longer to try out an actual church, Um, but we do, we stream our church services back home online. So we still get to do that. Um, But yes, I love what you said about, you know, the, the daily routine things. I know at home Sunday night was always like, okay, everybody's got to go to bed because we've got to start a new week tomorrow. And it was a little more stressful than it is when we're on the road. Just the the ease of being able to go do new things. Like last Sunday, we were in the forest. We've been to the beach on a Sunday afternoon. You know, all the different cool places to go. I find that I am much more relaxed on the road, actually, than I am at home because there's less of that schedule oh, I need to do this at this time, or I need to do this at this time. You know, we've already got our work hours and our daughter has her online theater class, but everything else is totally flexible. We get to decide what we do when, and we can head out the door and be in nature immediately. Um, so I'm loving that because that is very calming for my kind of stressed out personality. Anyways, I can just walk out and be surrounded by all these beautiful trees and Yeah. So for me, if you're a more uptight person, I think traveling actually in a lot of ways is easier than being at home where you have the same thing every day of the week, because it just forces you to be a little more flexible and roll with the punches a little more. Saying I'm already thinking you don't have to mow a yard. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and so like utilities, you don't pay for utilities in most campgrounds. You just pay one flat rate. So you can see like our, our water and everything. There's all of our utilities back there, mm-hmm. but somebody else takes care of that. You don't have to mow a yard. You know, if something breaks in your RV, it's small. So it's going to be easier to fix, hopefully. Um, you know, RVs are notorious for damage, but they're usually easier to fix. And we have a company managing our home. So if something breaks there, we're not having to worry about that either. So yeah, all of those adulting responsibilities that sometimes are not fun. We have less of that on the road, you know, as long as we're driving carefully, that can be a bigger stress for people, but yeah, the actual moving piece is, is fun and, and not nearly as stressful. <laughs> it sounds idyllic. Like yeah. this would be the ideal life to have. <laughs> it is. And if you don't like where you're at, you could pick up and move. And I think that's what, for me, that has been super freeing. I don't have to make anything work anymore. If I'm in a place I don't like, I could just 
okay, well, we'll, we'll leave on Saturday. So <laughs> that doesn't work. Let's go we'll a few days. Exactly. <laughs> what there's snow coming. Let's go. Yeah. South. Let's just go South. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's funny because I saw people all summer talking about the heat and I was like, yeah, we've been far North, so we haven't had to deal with it. But I was like, if we were in a hot area, we would just drive North and stay there. So we've been very flexible in our approach. I know not all RVers have that because a lot of them are on contracts where they're working in a certain location. Right. But if you're doing it like we are, it's it's great because you can move whenever you want to or need to. That's because I had a friend that she traveled with her work. And so she, just like okay. you just said, she could not, she had to be certain places at certain times, but they RV'd to those different places, but they had their okay. favorite kind of places to go. They had a little circuit they went to. So they enjoyed yeah. it. Yeah, it's well, it's nice because you bring your home with you. So you have everything you want or need already unpacked. So it's right. it's an easier way to travel too, I think, than having to unpack suitcases everywhere you go. So I Well, and that. that's what she said. She traveled for her job. So the home just went with her. She did not have to worry about then making, getting home and coming back out and going home, then coming back out. It just traveled with her. Yeah. Well, Sunny, thank you so very much. I am so excited to finally get to see your RV, even yeah. though I've seen it on YouTube. I feel like I've gotten to come in. <laughs> say I give, give a whole tour on YouTube. So. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I would ask for it here, but we'll, yeah. we'll discover that one naturally. Exactly. <laughs> and the kids, I'm sure, are either, um, it's early for you, I know, so they might be sleeping or they're in doing school. Yes. Hopefully our youngest is doing school. Our daughter is definitely still asleep. She will be for probably two or three more hours. Um, but yeah, hopefully he's doing school. He was, I was trying to keep him motivated when I came outside. So we'll see when I get back in there. <laughs> he's probably spying through that window over there. That probably. Yeah. <laughs> Sunny, thank you so very much. I am so glad to have you on today. Yeah. Thank you. This has been fun. Thank you for joining us today. Do you have an idea for a podcast topic or do you want to chat with Sunlight on an upcoming episode? Email us at connections at sunlight.com.